Hi, this is Diva Cerebration, and back for the second lab-created diamond gem podcast. And uh, I've done a little bit of research, read a few more articles, delved into a few more ideas uh, about lab-created diamonds. And in the first podcast, we basically talked about where diamonds come from, why it has been created to be such a huge market, and why they are so expensive. Basically, because De Beers bought out all the diamond mines, turned it into a monopoly. But that's changed, and that's something I've learned in the research that I've done. They used to have 100% of the market because back, this started back in the 1880s. Um, to when it went into the 1940s and just really blew up and it's been getting more expensive every year until climate change and global warming hit us and people realized that diamond mining is just trashing the earth. And I think I spoke about in the last podcast how even when they're trying different new ways of mining, like up in Canada, they're trying to take like this huge funnel and open up the lake because De Beers has pretty much killed off um, different species of fish and wildlife that live in lakes, fish, frogs, whatever, because they would just go in and drain the lake so that they could dig up the diamonds. So they're destroying wildlife. They go in the middle of nowhere because that's where these diamonds are, right? In undisturbed, un, uh, uh, unbothered places because that's why the diamonds are still there. Nobody knew about them. They're way down under. And they dig down into the earth. And you have to understand how diamonds are made to understand why they have to go so deep. I mean, there's literally like six layers, six or seven layers to get down to the core the hot molten lava core of the earth, the middle of the earth, you know, and uh, diamonds can be on different layers of the earth, like different levels. There's, like I said, there's six or seven levels to get all the way down to the core of the earth. And the most expensive, the most sought after diamonds are, of course, in that layer that's only one or two layers away from the core of the earth because um, they're bigger it's hotter down there so that basically, and I think people don't understand sometimes, but basically what a diamond is, it's just a piece of coal, you know, coal that you throw in your fire, coal that pollutes the air. Um, it's a piece of coal that has been pushed down into the middle of the earth as time, you know, as the, as earth has moved over and mixed and, you know, it's been pushed down to the middle of the earth. And then that pressure between the heat of the core, the middle of the earth, that, that molten lava core in the middle of the earth, that's basically magnetic and keeps us spinning and all that good stuff. Um, it, it, between that magnetic, magnetic hot core and the pressure literal pressure pushing down from above gravity pushing ground down onto the coal that pressure smashes down on this coal that pieces there's pieces of coal and turns them into diamonds 
And then, of course, there's also gases like methane and and boron and all these different things that uh, are in the ground coming from the lava and the heat the gra- and also within the ground itself. Um, if you go into a cave, you have to be careful if you go down really deep because different gases, different things could, could come out and kill you because you're further down in, in the earth. So those same kind of gases and things along with the earth and the heat form a diamond. And that's why they're clear. And when you see a diamond, uh, that is brought out of the ground, it is not clear. It is black because it was coal on an outer core and then there's kind of a brownish and then it gets a little lighter to, you know, like a light brown. And, and eventually what a diamond looks like is because they have cut it, they've polished it, they've heated it, whatever they've done to make it look the way that it does to be clear and shiny. Um, some, and I, I also read an article about red diamonds. Red diamonds are the rarest diamonds and they're the most expensive diamonds because they're again, they they are those diamonds that are deeper down in uh, the ground, from what I understand it, and because there's so few of them, like the bigger diamonds and the red diamonds and those kind of diamonds, because there's so few of them and there's so few found, uh, they're really really expensive. So you naturally think that a diamond is just clear, but diamonds are of all colors because of those gases. So on the different levels. Uh, as you go down into the earth, uh, those different gases create different colors in the diamonds. And what is a diamond? A diamond is the hardest uh, uh, substance known on earth, right? There are other harder substances, I guess, that are out in outer space somewhere. But <clears throat> here on earth, I, I guess on meteors, I guess on, you know, different places out in the galaxy, they found harder substances. But here on Earth, diamonds are the hardest substance. And diamonds are basically carbon. That's what coal is, right? They're 100%, they're not 100% carbon, but they, with the gases and everything that come into them, uh, uh, that changes their color also. So if you're on a different level, you might get a red diamond, you might get a, um, uh, a blue diamond. You might get a, you know, oranges kind of citrine looking diamond. So sometimes when you see gems and you think, oh, that's a citrine, that might be a diamond. It might be a diamond that has had gases that have gotten in there and changed the color. And you could take that and you could cut or scratch something or whatever, you know, whatever the tests they have. I think the scratch tests they say is bogus, but, um, uh, but it, you know, basically a diamond can cut anything. And the only thing that can cut a diamond is another diamond because it's the hardest thing on the earth. So there are ways that you can tell that a diamond is a diamond uh, without, you know, having to do the cut test as well. But just because a diamond isn't clear doesn't mean it's not a diamond. And sometimes the colored diamonds are actually more expensive, more rare than the clear diamonds. So, um, uh, you know, I read that article and, you know, decided that, wow, I really need to look into this as well. And then when I found out the red diamonds were like the most expensive, like I, my favorite gem is Ruby cause it's my birthstone. So when, you know, 
to know that there are red diamonds out there is kind of like, wow, that's, that's kind of cool. And then there's pink diamonds and all kinds of champagne diamonds. And so you basically have to know how a diamond is formed. And in order to get to those diamonds, you have to ravage the earth and people want the red diamonds, right? Or the other diamonds that are, you know, up the scale on the level. And because those diamonds are all the way down almost to the core of the earth, you ravage the earth trying to get to them. And, you know, let's not even talk about that ravaging the earth. Why are we doing this? Why are we going down to the core of the earth, which is the actual core that is keeping us turning? It's part of what keeps us turning. It moves the oceans along with the moon. It reacts with the moon and the sun. Why are we stupid enough to drill down into the ground for a bunch of shiny stones that really probably weren't, you know, in the beginning weren't really worth anything until the beers decided to, you know, monopolize all of the diamond mines that had existed, I guess, back in 1880 to 1940. And, um, you know, the, the only reason that they have this value is because we've put that value on it because an ad campaign, because rich people decided that they liked diamonds more than they liked rubies. It's just, it doesn't even make sense that we would put value on something like that. But we do. Just like we put value on gold, I've never quite understood that as well. Um, but we put so much value on gold just because of the way that it looks, right? <clears throat> and same thing with diamonds. You know, uh, a bunch of rich ladies decided that diamonds were uh, the way to go, the most expensive thing to wear. And, you know, here we are years later, De Beers capitalized on it with their advertising campaign and made everybody think that that was the perfect engagement ring. And I read somewhere that, that it used to only be Ameri an American thing that uh the, di the diamond engagement ring and now it's worldwide now it is the thought worldwide and you know when other countries say that america doesn't drive the economy america doesn't drive the um social mores in societies all over the world i kind of laugh because every time i do a study about something or i do research about something it's because everybody's trying to copy what America's doing. Now, I'm not saying that that makes us better or whatever, but for some reason, people look to America, maybe because we are considered a free country versus a lot of countries in the world, I don't know, um, as a, a driving uh, an ideal or a positive ideal of what things should be like. And, you know, we are you know, we've done pretty well in the wealth department, et cetera. So we have that sort of influence, you know, it could flip at any time and other countries could also have that sort of influence. But anyway, excuse me, now I'm yawning, but, um, um, so anyway, so that ideal has made everyone think that this is what they should do. And we're digging into the ground for these stupid stones. Well, then I, you know, I did more research which, you know, it's ludicrous that we, we do this. And I did more research and found out that De Beers has, over the years, lost its footing with the diamond mines. Because, of course, once diamonds became very popular, lots of people started trying to look for diamond mines in their country. 
And uh, as we talked about before, Canada has diamond mines. Um, I think they have a pretty good percentage of the diamond mines now. Um, uh, India apparently has diamond mines. Africa, you know, has a lot of diamond mines. But there are, are companies outside of the beers that have originated and started diamond mines. The biggest percentage of diamond mines now, Russia. They're owned in Russia because Russia has found diamond mines there and, of course, <laughs> ravaged the earth. They don't, they're not even as conscientious as anybody else. They're just trashing it. And I don't know if it's because it's further up north where there was a lot of uh, permafrost and snow and really just, you know, because it's so cold up there and nothing has been bothered. And so they've gone up there and done that. Well, it's all, of course, causing climate change. It's all, of course, um, poisoning the water with the wash off of this. We weren't supposed to be digging down into the ground and bringing up coal and oil and diamonds and gems. We weren't supposed to do that. That is not natural to the earth. That does not work with Mother Nature. That is not in balance with nature. We shouldn't be doing this. And then, of course, steel and uh, silver and gold and all those things that we're also making. We weren't supposed to be doing that either. And now that this big De Beers thing has taken off and everybody wants an engagement ring and then it's led into a lot more jewelry and, you know, and all those values have gone up. Well, because... Apparently, 70% of the market now is in Russia, and there's a smaller percentage in all the other areas. Um, uh, you know, there was this thing to look into Lab Created Diamonds, and they, of course, General Electric, we talked about this, General Electric originated um, uh, making the first Lab Created Diamond. There was an inventor there that made a machine that he, uh, he, and, and I guess another guy, but he started it. Um, uh, they, they found a way to pressurize diamonds within a machine or coal to make a diamond or carbon. Basically they found how to put carbon into a machine and make a diamond. And once this guy figured out how to do this, it was like a big machine and it just basically had a press on the top and a press on the bottom. And then I guess there was heat around the whole spear of that cavern where the diamond would be. And they would have pressure going up, pressure going down and then heat all around it. And then of course gases would be in there and they eventually figured out how to balance all that out and make a diamond. And it was successful. Well, flash forward, that was in the 60s. I think it was 1964 when that that happened. When I actually found it. And uh, flash forward, China found out about the machine. And they took the machine over to China uh, or they made a machine over there similar to or exactly like the one here. And then they've improved on that machine and they made another machine where there are like, uh, it's like a building block and it looks like a diamond, except it has um, two sections at one side, two sections on another side, and then two sections on each other side. And it basically clips together with the cavern in the middle 
being where the diamonds are created and more than one diamond can be created. So um, it's like a slab they put in there and uh, what they, I forget what they call it. There's like, they take a sample, like a small sample off of a real diamond and then they put it inside with, <coughs> with carbon and other things that make up diamonds. And then they infuse the gases in like methane and boron and other things like that. And then these two, these clipped together caverns um, create the pressure on all sides. So you're not just getting pressure from the bottom and the top like the original machine was. You're getting pressure from all sides. And so they, China made that machine and that got popular. And then now... Uh, flash forward and they have made another machine that is much smaller and it uses uh it uses gases you know to also make the diamonds uh which are more than one diamond but it also uses plasma from what i understand uh plasma is on the top and the bottom and around to to create that pressure to create, you know, the pressure within the cavern or the space where the diamonds are being made. <clears throat> and then they shoot gases in. And I guess the plasma around there keeps the gases in there. And that's the other thing. They're using methane and boron, which, you know, methane is not exactly the best gas that's causing a lot of global warming. But it is contained within the machine. But, you know... And then it, it, I guess it gets infused into a diamond that's being made. And then they just put the carbon and the other things in the machine that make the, make the diamond. Now, a, a diamond is pretty much mostly carbon with these gases in it. The other thing that they found out that along the way as they were trying to perfect these diamonds, which I listened to a GIA, a couple of GIA um, videos about lab-created diamonds, and the GIA Society is very concerned, as well as De Beers and other companies are very concerned about lab-created diamonds coming out because, as I was saying in my last podcast, you cannot tell the difference between a lab-created diamond and a mined diamond on many different occasions. I think they have they have figured out little nuances like where you would see uh, I, what they might might call flaws in a diamond a small flaws but not big flaws and you see similar kind of flaws in a lab created diamond because it's but it's something that's created by chemicals it's it's a different kind of flaw so you can see the difference if you know those and those are like minute very small things that are in a diamond that you have to really magnify it to look in there. Right. And uh, they have machines that'll do that. But when they put a lab created diamond and a regular diamond in, in a machine that is supposed to detect whether it's a diamond or not by fluorescence, like uh, what, kind, what kinds of lights shine through a diamond, um, you usually a lab created diamond passes that test. Because overall, a lab-created diamond is a diamond. They're using the same chemical compounds, carbons, gases, to create that diamond. They're using the pressure to create that diamond, uh, which is huge amounts of pressure. You can just imagine, because it has to be just like the earth core 
coming up with the heat and the pressure and the, and, you know, four levels of earth pounding down on, you know, that's the kind of pressure that they have to create and they do within these machines. So you can tell the difference just with those slight inclusions, but overall that's one of the only one of the few ways that you can tell whether a lab crane diamond is a lab created diamond, right? Otherwise it looks just like a diamond and it's just as hard as a diamond and it cuts like a diamond. And for years, these machines that I've been telling you about, basically what they were made for was to make industrial diamonds, which industrial diamonds are used in CNC machines, you know, in the tool and die shops that make, that create and make things, um, in on production lines. Also little chips of diamonds, little diamond dust are used on sanders. Like if you have a sander that you use to sand things down, if you see all those shiny things on the, like if you had the black pad that you put on there, uh, to sand things, <clears throat> If you see the shininess in there, little flicks of shine, that's diamonds. That's that's uh, industrial diamonds that were made. And basically what they do is they make the diamonds in these machines, and then they just slice the pieces in flat pieces, flat square pieces, to send out to companies to use in CNC machines, lays, other things like that. Or they will take the diamond dust that comes off of you know, making actual diamond rings, I guess, or anything like that. And they'll use those in sanders. So all of those um, lab created diamonds have been, they've been making those for years for industrial uses. Um, In the CNC machines and the tool and die business, it's used to cut metal. It's used to make things. It's used to cut um, a lot of things that are, are hard to cut otherwise. And, you, you know, you're spinning this, this, this piece of diamond on a, on a drill bit, so it cuts. So that's another reason that they did the lab created diamonds. But then they, of course, said, well, I wonder if we can make a diamond. Long story short, they started making diamonds. They found that they can make diamonds, but then they found that um, the different gases that they were using were causing colors, discolorations. They would have browns. They would have oranges, reds. They would have blues and greens, uh, grays, but they, you know, they weren't getting perfect diamonds. And then eventually they figured out how to do it. And now they're making diamonds like crazy. And I was listening to one of the uh, GIA programs where they're all very concerned because it's going to affect their livelihood. And why is it going to affect their livelihood? Well, they're going to make less money, way less money, because uh, they're probably making more money than they should now as GIA members who can go out and identify diamonds or whatever uh, and cut diamonds, etc., Uh, and, you know, give them the facets that you want. And these are kind of workers that work for GIA. Uh, But they're just concerned that their money value, their their money pay is going to go down. So they're not going to be like really, really wealthy. They'll just be wealthy. And the same thing with diamond companies like De Beers and the different diamond companies around the world who are mining diamonds. They're concerned that the value of their diamonds will go down as well. And the myth that we all think is we think diamonds are rare and really they're not at this point. There's so many diamond mines all around the world ravaging the earth that diamonds are probably one of the least 
rarest gems in the world because there's so many of them now because so many people have um, uh, mined for them because of their value. So now there's just a ton of diamonds out there. And then now let's add in the lab created diamonds, which I'd say for over, you know, since the sixties, you know, over 30, 40 years, they have been, you know, these diamond mine people have been trying to stump this out because they don't want lab created diamonds to come up in the ranks because as I found out on that GIA videotape or YouTube program, uh, now that they've, they've perfected these three different machines that they've made in China. Uh, well, one was made at General Electric here in America. But now that they've perfected these, uh, there's three big companies in China. uh, And the first company uses the original machine. The second company uses that machine that comes in from all sides. It's like, you know, looks like a diamond. And another company uses the plasma, uh, surrounding plasma machine to make diamonds. The largest company in, uh, and this was a guy from China, a GIA guy from China that was talking on this forum. Uh, The largest company in China, he said, puts out 5 million diamonds a year. Okay? A year. Um, uh, the second company down puts out like 2 million. And then I think the third company down, like, puts out almost a million so that's what seven or eight it could be anywhere from seven to ten ten million diamonds that are getting put out into the environment that are lab created diamonds that are diamonds technically diamonds they may not have been created in the ground but they are being created with the same sort of pressure and same sort of chemicals in a machine in these huge machines that they've made huge machines medium sized machines small plasma machines they've figured out how to do it and the other thing he said is that you uh, another forum was another GIA guy talking about how to recognize uh, lab created diamonds and uh, he was teaching this. And he said that you, it used to be that if a diamond was five carats or above, you knew that it wasn't a lab-created diamond because they couldn't make lab-created diamonds that were five carats or above in these machines that they've created. But today, they can make five carat, 10 carat, 15 carat. They're making huge diamonds. I think he said they've made up to 30 or 40 carat diamonds that are diamonds in these machines now. So there is just no end to what they can do with these machines. Is there still an environmental impact? Yes, there is because they're using gases and things like that. Like I was saying, you know, if there's too much boron that gets put into the the mix, the diamonds become blues, things like that. Right. So, um, but methane is used, you know, all these different gases that are probably not good for the environment. So, but if we want to flip the coin on that, mining is a heck of a lot worse because you're taking out animal life. You're, you're messing up the actual environment around it. You're, you're trashing everything just to mine for diamonds. So it's like somebody came in and just blew up. What everything that was there. So all the animal life, all the plant life, all the, all the water life, everything is gone because they're mining for these diamonds. 
So, you know, the flip side is the machines are better. Now, I did see a video where the, they they show people inside these diamond, lab-created diamond or gem-creating companies. And these companies are huge. They have huge buildings. And, of course, they have all these big machinery in there. And they had just have them lined up, as far as the eye can see, in these buildings are all these machines that are making diamonds. And it's not just diamonds. They know how to make uh, gemstones, white sapphires. They know how to make sapphires. They know how to make rubies. They know how to make emeralds. They've learned how to make all of these gemstones. So we're seeing where mining is not needed anymore because these are actual you can't tell, you know, there might be slight differences, but pretty much you can't tell whether it's a mine diamond or a lab-created diamond until you get into really magnifying and looking in. And so, yeah, with the naked eye, you can't tell. And uh, a lot of tests that they do, you can't tell. So they've really perfected this and gotten it to the point where uh, they're making they're making real diamonds, in a lab and they're making so many of them that the value is going down. And this is the part that we'll talk about in the next podcast about how everyone's freaking out about this and how they're trying to fight back with it and what they're trying to do to change the attitude of lab created diamonds and kind of stamp them out, which is kind of, you know, which would be sad because it's a better way to make diamonds. So we'll talk about that in our next podcast and that will be the third podcast on this this series of lab created diamonds see you on the other side this has been diva celebration <laughs>